Today on Maranatha Radio, Pastor Ray Bentley has great news for seekers, anyone who's ever searched for God. Every testimony that I hear, there comes a time and a place in a person's life, generally when they are lonely, and all of a sudden you begin yearning and seeking and searching and you hear about Jesus, you begin making your way to Him, but only to discover that He has been seeking you out. He's been running after you. Spread news of His people coming down before the King. Lift your voice. Jesus is coming. Join the song. Sing along. Let it ring. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return the whole gospel to the whole world. Remember the posters from the old westerns, wanted, dead, or alive? Well, each of us is wanted, dead, or alive. God wants us and seeks after us. And if we're spiritually dead, we can be made alive again in Christ. From Luke, we learn a big lesson by way of a wee little man. Well, Luke chapter 19, I just wanna look uh, at this uh, story of Zacchaeus. Beginning in verse one, it says, then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and he was rich. All right, let's stop there for just a moment. Um, Jericho is, uh, having been many times to Israel, it is one of the most beautiful cities in all of Israel. Uh, It has the perfect climate. And so it naturally became a retreat. You know how the Palm Springs here, the rich and the famous that can afford to go there and hang out there. So a lot of wealthy Romans uh, made their palaces and houses and even Herod had his place there in Jericho. A lot of the Romans would do that. A lot of the Jewish people would do that. So there was a lot of money flowing uh, in and around the city of Jericho. And it was kind of the last stop Uh, before you would come to the city of Jerusalem. From wherever you had been coming from the east or north or south, it was a way station that you would load up with supplies and make your way to Jerusalem for the holy uh, feasts of the Lord. So all these wealthy people are there, uh, beautiful hotels of that time. Uh, There were all kinds of entertainments, all kinds of food, all kinds of pleasure, uh, lots and lots and lots of money. In other words, it was a great place to be a tax collector. (laughs) And so here was this man named Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was not just a tax collector. Zacchaeus was the manager of all the tax collectors. He was probably one of the wealthiest men that was there other than a King Herod or some Roman uh, who had come from afar. And he was making money hand over fist. So here we have this wealthy man in this city of Jericho, and it just so happens that of all the things that have come and all the shows that have arrived from Rome, there is now coming one that the whole city, both Romans and Jews, are buzzing and talking about as never before. His name is Yeshua, he is from the north of Israel in a place called Nazareth. He is known to be a prophet, He is known to be a mighty miracle worker. He is also, and what grabs Zacchaeus' attention, is that Jesus' reputation is that he is a friend of radical sinners, just like Zacchaeus himself. 
So we read, look with me in verses three and four. It says, and so he sought to see who Jesus, Yeshua, was. But he could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead. So you can imagine a mob that ran to the city. Everybody runs to the gates of the city, following Jesus in. Zacchaeus ran ahead of them and then climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. I want you to notice here about Zacchaeus. He is a wealthy man, but his wealth did not make him happy. The truth of the matter is that being a tax collector meant your only friends were other tax collectors. And how good of friends would tax collectors make? Not very good. All they want to talk about is how much money they had, how much you had, and you ripped them off and you owed them. And so it was just a very, very lonely life. Zacchaeus spent his life as an outsider. Now he hears about this rabbi named Jesus, Yeshua, who is coming, who welcomed even tax collectors and even sinners, great sinners. And I think that the curiosity arose in Zacchaeus. I wonder what Jesus would think of me. And all of a sudden, there's something about either what he had heard about Jesus or seeing Jesus and the way people gathered around him, his disciples surely were the inner circle there. And as the mob began coming this way, Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. <laughs> right? You remember the song? And so he climbed up into a sycamore tree to see what he could see. Here is this short little guy. He can't see through the crowd. And if he gets close and they recognize him, they throw him an elbow or something. So he runs up ahead. He runs down and he sees this big tree and he goes, ah, perfect. No one will even see me to punch me or grab me. And so he climbs up into this sycamore tree and it's the sycamore tree apparently was right in the main highway that led into the city. He goes, this is perfect. I'll get a bird's eye view no obstruction from anybody being taller than me, and I'll be able to hear what he's saying even as he is approaching, when he is beneath me, and as he continues on. And Zacchaeus was determined to see Jesus, and he would not let anything get in his way. I think this took some courage on Zacchaeus' part. And even though Zacchaeus did not know Jesus, we find out in the story that Jesus knew Zacchaeus. The Gospel of John, chapter 2, verses 24 and 25, which is in your notes, I put this scripture in there. I want you to read it out loud with me. But Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all men and had no need that anyone should testify of men, for he knew what was in men. So I want you to imagine this. So here's Jesus, he's at the entrance to the city. The whole city comes out to him. By the way, do you know where we are here in Luke 19? This is the third year of Jesus' ministry. It is his final entrance. This was not his first time in Jericho. He is on his way now to Jerusalem, which is not very far off for the last Passover, the last supper, the crucifixion and the resurrection. He's been coming in ministry for three years. The reputation of three years of raising the dead, opening the eyes of the blind, loosing the tongue of those who were not able to speak and the ears of the deaf, uh, even raising the dead. Now he comes and so the whole town is there. This mob of people 
and this buzz of activity making its way, and Zacchaeus runs, climbs up into the sycamore tree. I've often thought if you were gonna do the movie section of this, that Danny DeVito would play the perfect (laughs) Zacchaeus. He's a little guy, (laughs) there he is, there's Zacchaeus. Little Zacchaeus, up in the tree, you know, it, it kind of, I, I almost think that like Danny DeVito and some of the crazy nutty characters he plays, that Zacchaeus, there was something likable about him, even though he was so selfish and so greedy and, and hard to like, and, and yet at the same time, there was something about him you could not resist. So as Jesus makes his way down with this mob, and there he is sitting up in the tree, Jesus stops right underneath the tree. And I can imagine as Zacchaeus is thinking, this is so awesome. And then all of a sudden Jesus goes like this and looks up at him. And now thousands of pairs of eyeballs all look up. (laughs) And there's Zacchaeus caught. You know, it it was like, you know, the camera that's caught you and there you are. Everybody sees him, everybody is looking at him. He looked up and saw him and said to him his name, Zacchaeus. Make haste, hurry up and come down. And today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. Now, I love this. Surprise. Zacchaeus thought he was seeking out Jesus. But what does he discover? Jesus was actually seeking him out. And this is true of you and me. Every testimony that I hear, there comes a time and a place in a person's life, generally when they are lonely, when they are empty, when what, the way they've been living uh, is all, all of a sudden not producing on the inside what they had wanted or what they hoped. There's no happiness, there's no enjoyment of life. It's like you're the living dead. And all of a sudden you begin yearning and seeking and searching and you hear about Jesus, you begin making your way to him, but only to discover that he has been seeking you out. He's been running after you. Jesus is always the one to initiate a relationship with himself. The very fact that you even want something spiritual or that you want something, a relationship with Jesus is an indication you have already been sought by the Lord. He has been wooing you. He has been preparing you. He has been seeking you. He is the one who is initiating the relationship. Our natural response as human beings is actually to run and hide. In fact, the one thing that we are professionals at is running and hiding. Go all the way back to the book of Genesis. After Adam and Eve had sinned, Genesis chapter 3 and verse 10, and God says, Adam, where are you? Where had he gone? He had run and he had hidden himself for he was ashamed and he was afraid. Adam was afraid and he was ashamed. You know, for about six to seven billion people on the planet Earth, the one common human experience is to come to a place where you feel ashamed, alone, and afraid. And yet to find out when God comes searching for you, He loves you. It's a warm voice. It's not an angry voice. It's at the heart of a father. And now through Jesus, the heart of the very Son of God. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. 
Pastor Ray's messages continue to reach so many people every day. Every time I hear Pastor Ray teach God's Word on the radio, his love for the Lord is very much evident. He's always excited, and he succeeded in passing that excitement to me, which often prompted me to go back to the Lord in prayer, to read God's Word, and to allow the Holy Spirit to lead my life. I'm so thankful for Pastor Ray's life. Messages like that continue to be such a great encouragement to all of us at Maranatha Radio. If you'd like to send a message, just send it to ray at raybentley.com or post a comment online at raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. We read, and I want to just take a moment, if you would, and look in uh, Luke chapter 19, verse 10. This is the last verse we're going to look at tonight, but I want to jump ahead because this is the heart of the whole message. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. That's Jesus. To seek and to save that which is lost. And, and, you know, Jesus had told the parable of the lost coin. And he had told other parables about the lost sheep. But what all those were symbolic of was lost human beings. Lost people. Lost in the world. When the Lord goes before us, he prepares hearts. The Lord had prepared Zacchaeus' heart, and he knew exactly when to come. He knew exactly what tree to walk up to, and he exactly knew when to say, you need to hurry up, get down out of that tree. I want to come to your house today. And Zacchaeus immediately scrambled down from the tree and ran to get ready to invite Jesus to his house. I want to ask you this question because it doesn't tell us in the Bible. How did God prepare Zacchaeus' heart? How has God prepared your heart for a relationship with him? Well, we can speculate a little bit. I wonder if one of the 12 that was standing right next to Jesus' name in Hebrew was Levi. We call him Matthew. And what was his profession? He was a tax collector. Tax collectors were a very, very small group. It's hard to imagine that Levi or Matthew and Zacchaeus did not know each other. And how many times had Matthew, as a Jew, gone through Jericho on his way to Jerusalem, and surely he would have known the top dog among all the tax collectors. It's that wee little powerful man named Zacchaeus. I wonder if Levi began to pray for his friend and began to lift the name of Zacchaeus. By the way, Zacchaeus in Hebrew means righteous one. His name meant that God had called him to live a righteous life, but he was living opposite of everything that he had been called to do or to be. And the truth of the matter is, you know, what about you? Are you fulfilled? Maybe you're successful. You can be very successful in life and yet be lonely or empty on the inside. You can have achieved certain milestones, recognition, uh, people look up to you, they applaud you, you're powerful, and yet be totally unsatisfied and unfulfilled on the inside. How many times had he thought, yeah, I've got all this money, and yet everybody that looks at me can't stand me. But look with me in verses seven through 10. It says, but when they saw it, so now this is where we're left as those reading this story, we're left on the outside. We don't get to walk in. We can only imagine the conversation. He was yearning and and desiring something more. 
And then he goes now, you know, he goes to his house. He prepares this meal. Jesus comes to his house. And at this point, the door is closed. Unfortunately, we, didn't, we don't get to go inside and sit down at the table and hear the conversation of Yeshua, Jesus, and Zacchaeus. We know already from the four gospels what Jesus talked about. He talked about the kingdom of God. We know that he would have talked of the heart of God and of love and of grace and of mercy and of forgiveness and that God was interested in Zacchaeus and that's why I came to your house. Thank you Zacchaeus for opening the door to me to come into your home. And he probably spoke to the real issues and meaning and purpose of life as Jesus through that meal and conversation probed the heart of this man. We can only imagine what that conversation was like. But look with me in verses seven through 10. It says, but when they saw it, they all complained, saying he has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, look, Lord, and so we're brought back now into the conversation. Outside, everybody's complaining. Why did you pick him? He's the worst guy in the whole town. But then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, here's the response to whatever Jesus said, Lord, I give half my goods to the poor. He cut his wealth in half to give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I will restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him today, salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. Wow. While Zacchaeus was thrilled to have this famous rabbi to his house for dinner, the people of Jericho were less than thrilled with that. No doubt the entire city would have loved Jesus to come to their home. So how is it that he chose the greatest sinner in all of Jericho to come to his house and Jesus came? The people of Jericho would have been thinking, this is the very guy that is causing us the greatest burden and the greatest grief and, the, and he takes advantage of us, cheats from us, and he's unfaithful to our father, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and he is disloyal to God and all he worships is money. How could Jesus have him come to his house? Jesus went to his house, but the response is when they come out, Zacchaeus, over the next few days, takes half his money, and it must have been a big sum. It was like when you know, really wealthy people start giving lots of money, and all of a sudden the attention is off them, and it's upon the money that is flowing out to needy people. And your attitude begins to change about them. And not only that, this wee little man started going door to door, and it probably was a long list to everybody who lived in Jericho. And if there is anybody that he had taken from falsely their taxes, he says, you know, I actually overcharged you in taxes. I want to give that back to you, but actually that's not good enough. I've met Jesus who came to my home, as you know, and now something has happened in my heart and I want to return to you four times what I overcharged you. And he went to door after door, to resident after resident, from the north to the south, to the east to the west of Jericho, so that by the end of probably that first week, everybody said, now we know why Jesus went to that guy's house, and thank you, Lord. <laughs> Jehovah Jireh, God provides. And it also was a message to all the residents of Jericho, 
if God can change the heart of the worst in our city, well, what could he do for all the rest of us? It is also uh, interesting to me because surely those people were surprised when Zacchaeus came to their house. But look at verse nine. It says, today salvation has come to this house. This means that a lost man has come to be found by opening his heart to Jesus Christ. But there is another meaning. There is a second meaning because Jesus' name in Hebrew is Yeshua and Yeshua literally means salvation. So this statement in verse nine, when we read today salvation has come to this house, you could equally say today Yeshua has come to this house. In other words, wherever Yeshua is welcomed in, salvation comes because that's exactly what his name means. Revelation 3.20, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. And that's when salvation begins. And so again, just look with me at verse 10. Today salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. The beautiful thing is that there were some people that would have said Zacchaeus is, is irredeemable. He is damned to hell. He could never be forgiven for what he has done. And you know what? Every once in a while, Satan, one of Satan's greatest weapons is to take any human being and say, ah, you have committed the unpardonable sin. You have gone so far and you have so blasphemed the name of God. You could never be forgiven of that. And that is a lie. Every sin that you could possibly commit as a human being is forgivable. In fact, the Bible says there's only one ultimate unforgivable sin. And it's not lying, murder, cheating, extortion, being a tax collector, publican, sinner, harlot, or all the rest. The only unforgivable sin is to die as a human being and not accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. It is appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. If you don't let, if, if anything else can be forgiven. But if you go to the end with your last breath, standing before God in your own righteousness, that ultimately, every other sin has been paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. So if ever you meet someone or if ever you have been to a place where I've gone so far, I'm un irredeemable, I'm unforgivable, I'm just damned to hell anyway. That's a lie from the pit of hell. The blood of Jesus is more powerful than any sin you could ever conceive, dream, imagine, think, conduct, or do. The only thing that he can forgive is if you don't repent and ask for his grace, mercy, and forgiveness. Amen. Pastor Ray Bentley with important insight today on how to make sure we're in right standing before God. And if you have questions about that, let us encourage you to stop by our website, raybentley.com, and click the word About. Important information is waiting for you there. Now, today's study on Maranatha Radio is titled, Jesus is Seeking You Tonight. If you missed any part, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. There at the homepage, there's a place to leave a written tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. And by clicking Media, you'll see the words Watch, Radio, and Devo. 
three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can arrange to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions each day automatically at no charge, and also link to his YouTube and Facebook pages. Why not bookmark it? RayBentley.com. And then after 30 years on the radio and the passing of Pastor Ray Bentley in early 2022, we are approaching the end of the Maranatha radio program. We'd like to thank you, our dedicated listeners, who've joined us through the years as we've journeyed with Pastor Ray through the Bible. We'll be continuing the broadcast through the remainder of 2023, but we're excited to share that we'll have a dedicated online location to access all of Pastor Ray's content, including video, audio sermons, books, and more. Please visit raybentley.com to follow along with us. But we hope you'll stay with us here on the radio through the end of the year. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the book of Luke. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.